0: This is Brain Diet, episode number 48. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking about what you believe When I think of the word belief, my mind will usually go to religion. It seems like that is a place where we use the word belief relatively often. At least that just is how it is in my brain. (laughs) But in religion, there are certain things that you study to nurture beliefs. Religions operate according to a set of beliefs that people subscribe to collectively What I want to talk to you about today, however, is your everyday operating beliefs. These are a little bit more sneaky and hard to define because we think that what we believe and what we are operating by are simply facts. We think what's happening in our brain is simply a report of the circumstances outside of us. But really, A belief is just a thought you keep on thinking. And what happens when you think it over and over again? You don't even recognize it as a belief. It just seems true to you. This is why I say they are sneaky and hard to define. Because we don't even question them. We think these thoughts without any extra second thought, we just assume these things to be true. And I will give you some examples later to illustrate this, but before we get into those, I want to come back to the basics of mental management and the system that I use as I teach people to manage their minds, but thoughts, whether we have thought them once or a thousand times are optional. And thoughts that work together to create belief systems are optional as well. The truth is, my friends, we can believe anything we want. There is no restriction to what we are allowed to believe. And there are people that might tell us what to believe. There are people that might convince us of certain things, but we get to decide what we want to make their words mean. We get to decide how we want to interpret what it is that a person has told us to believe. But until we can recognize our beliefs and our belief systems as simply very well-established thoughts, we won't have any authority to change them. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples of beliefs that I had operated by until I realized that they were simply beliefs. And the examples that I'm going to give you are beliefs that limited me in what I thought was possible and limited me in my perception of the world. So the first example is pretty basic. And I feel like I talk about stuff like this a lot, but this is just where I notice it the most. So this is what I wanted to share. I went to a specific gym for years. I loved this gym. I thought it was great. I didn't think there was anything better than this gym. I just thought this is the end all be all and I'm happy with this gym. And I was, it was great. But the belief that I was operating by was you don't change your routine. So then when my husband came to me and said, Hey, I want to switch gyms. I want to try CrossFit. I was like, absolutely not. You don't do that. You don't disrupt the status quo. (laughs) But I trusted him. We switched gyms and I was opened up to a whole new world. And because I changed up my routine, I formed new relationships I've changed my body. I've tried new things. I've pushed myself to do things that I never thought possible before. But it was all because I just had this underlying belief. You don't change things. You don't change the routine unless something is wrong and nothing was wrong. Another example with my sweet husband is you don't reorganize things. This is another belief that I seem to have that I'm noticing in myself, right? I didn't even notice that I had it until I noticed that I had it. But we moved into our current home a couple of years ago. And when we moved into this house, there were a few things that we had just decorated with. And you know, we had put our kitchen table in a certain spot and we'd used a rug underneath it and whatever. We had just put our stuff into specific places in our house. And last night, in fact, My husband said, Hey, I have this idea to reorganize things. What do you think? Do you want to try it? And of course my brain was like, no, I don't want to try it. You don't change things. (laughs) And this comes from my brain's desire to maintain the status quo. This is something that is pretty innate to most brains that we resist change in different capacities. And the reason for this is because status quo is usually safe. Our brain deems things that are the same as being the best option because there is the least risk. So of course, this is what I notice in my brain a lot that I don't even realize is happening, like I said, until I realize it. So when Ben came to me and said, Hey, I want to reorganize things. Of course, my brain was like, Nope, don't want to do it. No, thanks. (laughs) But then. He shifted things, he moved things, and all of a sudden, this room in our home that I hadn't even really paid attention to, all of a sudden, I like it so much more. I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense the way that you do it, the way that you reorganized it, my sweet husband. <laughs> and so for me to recognize that, it has started to create a little bit of space between my brain and the beliefs that it has, about resisting change, the beliefs that it has that you don't change things. Because when I can see, wait a minute, sometimes changing things can be really awesome, other times not so much, but sometimes it can be really awesome. And so it's opened me up a little bit to question that resistance to when Ben makes suggestions to do things or anyone in my life makes suggestions that is contrary to perhaps what is normal to me. I'm not as quick to jump to my belief of we don't change things. I'm more inclined to be curious. I show up with more of a, okay, I want to hear you out first. Let's see. Let's entertain this because maybe this will be something that I love. But even if it's not, at least we tried something new out. At least we gave it a chance, right? At least we didn't fail before we even gave our chance to try. We, at least we didn't fail ahead of time, right? The third thing that was a belief of mine that limited me until I really started to question it is In the life coaching world, I am surrounded by a community of amazing life coaches. We have different forums where we keep in touch, we communicate, we bounce ideas off of one another. It's a beautiful place to just be inspired because so many of these people are brilliant and have so much to offer. Before I had gotten into the life coaching world, I had the belief that women don't make money. Or specifically, housewives don't make money. Moms don't make money. Like to me, that just was true. I thought you get married, you have kids, you're home with your kids. And that was fine. I liked that belief. Until I started to surround myself by these coaches. And I remember the first time that I heard a coach say, I did it. I made $100,000 in a year and I am so stoked about it. That blew my mind and I didn't believe it almost. I was like, no, this is evidence contrary to what I believe. I believe that women don't make money. Mothers don't make money. People with full-time jobs can't make extra money on building their own business. So then I heard it for the first time and it just jarred my brain. My brain could not wrap itself around this idea that these women and men as well, but these coaches were making such substantial amounts of money compared to what I believed I was capable of making. Having been in this community for a number of years at this point and hearing people left and right saying, I made a hundred thousand dollars. I made $500,000 in a year. I have colleagues that are making seven figures in their coaching business. And now because I have constantly fed my brain, this information, It has shattered that belief that has otherwise limited me. Now, when I hear a coach that says, yes, I've made six figures in a year. Yes, I've made seven figures in a year. I'm like, that's great. Good for you. Right on. So awesome. It doesn't even jar my brain. In fact, it just seems very normal to me. But this is only because I had a previous belief that was put into question over and over again. Tony Robbins said, the only thing that's keeping you from getting what you want is the story you keep telling yourself. And this is especially true for me because I had owned a business well before I started coaching and was making a couple hundred dollars. But I remember when I made those first couple hundred dollars, I was on top of the world. I was so proud of myself. I was so excited that I had made a couple hundred dollars. And looking back at that version of me, I am so grateful to her for trying and for challenging that belief even just slightly about what I was capable of. And now as I've continued to surround myself with information that my brain is trying to interpret, when I'm seeing it all over the place that people can make money, that women, that wives, that mothers, that stay-at-home moms can make amazing amounts of money I've been able to shift that belief in my brain that up until I started to see other coaches do it, I didn't even know it was necessarily a belief for me. Another example is Ben has twice run a 50 mile race. He ran up and down a mountain twice, which right now I think is absolutely ridiculous. Like I remember the morning of the race, we were walking to the starting line at 5am and I was like so anxious and all over the place emotionally. And I had to constantly remind myself, no, he wants to do this. Ben voluntarily has walked to this starting line to run these 50 miles over the top of this mountain. At the time, of course, my brain had this belief. I will never, ever, ever, ever do that. (laughs) In fact, I had that belief about marathons. So of course, if I have about a marathon, a 50 mile race out of the question, right? But now. Whenever someone asks me, like, hey, are you interested in running? Would you ever do long distance running? I'm not as quick to jump to saying, absolutely not. I never will. Because I've seen that there are many things in my life that I thought once were just true. But now I've started to shift things for myself to a point where I'm doing things I never thought I would do. So I've shifted that belief in myself to a point now where my answer is usually, I don't know, maybe. Right now, I don't want to. I certainly feel like that would be the last thing on planet Earth I want to do, but I'm totally not going to rule it out. So I want to share with you a handful of beliefs that aren't relating to my husband. Apparently, I have a lot about him (laughs) that I have ditched. Beliefs that I have had up until this point in my life that I questioned enough and recognized that those beliefs weren't getting me results that I wanted, and so I decided to let them go. The first belief is what other people think about me says something about me. This is something that I remember thinking early on, elementary school and into middle school and high school. I think this is a pretty common belief for people to believe that what other people think about me says something about me. However, I have realized that I can be myself in front of a hundred different people. And each one of them is going to have a different perception of me. And that's okay. Their perception of me is just based on their own brain wiring. Even though I am the same me just showing up in front of a hundred different people, they're all going to think different things about me. So because I've recognized this, because this is true, I stay out of the business of other people. I stay out of the business where other people are thinking things about me. I allow them to think things about me. Whatever it is they want, that's fine. I just get to focus on what I think about me because that's what I have control over. And that's what feels good. Trying to control how other people perceive me really just makes me show up as a lie because I'm showing up as this way for one person and a different way for another person. And that's exhausting. So that's a belief that I have ditched. Another belief that I've ditched is I don't know what I'm doing. This is one that I feel like comes up in so many areas of my life. I remember thinking this when I first started AP classes in high school. I remember getting into college and thinking this. I remember getting married and thinking this. I remember having kids and thinking this. When I started my business, I was thinking this. And the truth is, I don't know what I'm doing. It's just a sentence. We might think that it's true. There might be something that we could prove. I don't know how to do this. But thinking, I don't know what I'm doing, completely blocks us from our own wisdom. I want you to consider if there were something that you didn't know how to do. And if you think, I don't know what I'm doing, you're not even going to try. You're not going to figure it out. But if I question myself when I'm doing something I haven't done before, If I ask myself, what if I did know what I was doing? What if I was totally capable of figuring it out? I bet there are people in the world that know less than I do that have still figured out how to do what I'm trying to do. It's totally possible for me to figure this out. So that's what I've dropped is I don't know what I'm doing. Our brains are these beautiful machines. And if we ask them to solve problems in a constructive way, they will go to work doing so. So when we say, I don't know what I'm doing, it shuts down that problem solving ability. But when we ask it, what if we did know? If we were to take a guess, what would be the very next step here? Our brain's like, oh, I know exactly the answer. (laughs) It's crazy the way we can manipulate our brains and the way that they work just based on which thoughts we choose to think. The next belief that I have ditched is I have to wait for the perfect time. This is one that I hear in my clients. Oftentimes when we are discussing when to start coaching their response is, well, now's not the right time. I have to wait till the perfect time. I've got these exams coming up and I've got these other events coming up. I just, I have to wait for the, per- wait for the perfect time. <laughs> the truth is there will always be excuses not to do something. So if there's something I want to do, if there's something that I value for myself, I ditch the belief that there's a perfect time. I decide on purpose. I get to decide when the perfect time is. And I decide that time is now. And sometimes I decide it's not the time, but I don't use the excuses because I'm waiting for the perfect time. I weigh my options and make a decision from empowerment. The next belief that I have ditched is how I look determines if other people will love me. I think this is kind of a common one, especially when you're dating and trying to find a partner. You think if I look a certain way, I will be more lovable to a partner. But I want you to think about this. How much a person loves you is based upon their own ability to love. Hear me here. Their own love ability. We have abilities. People have certain abilities to love. So how much they love a person is not a reflection of the person. Rather, it's a reflection of their own ability to love. So when that's true, I don't have to manipulate my looks in a certain way to try to be more lovable. Again, I just get to show up as me. And if other people love me or don't, it doesn't say anything about me and my value. It just means they have this specific ability to love and that's okay. The next belief that I have ditched is some version of, I just can't take one more thing. I think that in our lives, we tend to get into a space of overwhelm relatively easily, whether with parenting or work. It's just a pretty common emotion to feel overwhelmed. And one thing that we tend to come up with, one thing that our brain tends to offer us is I just can't take one more thing. Here's the thing, people. Life will always give you one more thing. You will always have something else that's being presented to you. So my belief is, if I feel like there is a ton of crazy things happening in my life and I get even an additional crazy thing, my response is, wow, I guess my capacity to do things, I guess my capacity to suffer is much more than I thought it was. So I guess my capacity can handle this one more thing that is coming my way. The next belief is I didn't get enough sleep. Listen, this is a major one, especially for me when I had babies and was up all the time and just so completely exhausted. We think when we are saying something like, I didn't get enough sleep, that we are just stating a fact. But I want you to check in with yourself. When you think a thought like, I didn't get enough sleep, to me, that thought feels emotionally exhausting. So if I'm already physically exhausted and then... I add on top of it, emotional exhaustion, that's not going to help anything. That's just bothersome. It's going to create more exhaustion. That's just going to contribute to a spiral of feeling terrible. So the belief that I have adopted instead is no matter how much sleep I got the night before, I just decide I got the amount of sleep I was supposed to. I also accept sometimes I'm tired and that's okay, but I don't argue. I don't believe I didn't get enough. I got the amount of sleep I was supposed to, and I can be tired, and that's okay. The next belief that I have ditched is, if I can just get to this next milestone, then I'll be happy. I remember thinking this vividly in high school. It was like, if I can just get past this test, if I can just pass the AP exam, if I can just get through these performances, then I will be happy. However, I would pass the tests, I would get through the performances, and I still would feel terrible half the time. Thinking that you will be happier when you get to a specific milestone is a lie. Recognizing that I can be happy now, even when I am doing hard things and when things are challenging me, then I live in the present. Life is happening right now, my friends. When we can embrace that there is no milestone that will make us happy, we embrace the present. And that's a powerful place to live from. The next belief that I have ditched is if we make more money, then I will feel secure. I remember when we first got married, it was our first Christmas and we were buying gifts and spending a little bit extra money for each other and family members and all of the things. And I remember thinking... Okay, next year, I think we'll be making more money and we'll be able to, you know, spend more abundantly on Christmas. And next year, I will feel so much more secure because we'll have more money and it'll be so much better. And then the next Christmas would come around and I would have all the same thoughts. I'd be like, oh my gosh, we just don't have enough for this Christmas season. But next year, Ben just got a new job. I think that we'll have more money. And when we do, we'll have so much more to spend on Christmas and I will feel secure. And I kid you not, the next year it happened and I almost laughed at myself. Where I was like, what is, th-? we've literally increased our income by a substantial amount in these three years and yet every Christmas season, I'm like, oh my gosh, we just don't have enough. If we just get to this amount of money, then we'll have enough. <laughs> but the truth is, money does not create security. If we feel secure, it is because of the thoughts that we are thinking, not because of the amount of money we are making. So no matter what amount of money I have coming into our bank account, I choose to feel secure. I choose to believe we have what we need. And do you know how I know that? It's because that's the amount of money that we have. The next belief that I have ditched is if I just lose weight, I will love my body. This ties in to the belief before because we think that if our body changes, we will love it. But whether or not we feel love towards our body comes from the way that we are thinking and not from our body itself. So no matter what weight I am, I recognize that it doesn't have to change for me to love my body. I can just love it as it is no matter what. Going through pregnancies and postpartum, I have a human body that has done amazing things and I'm so proud of it and I decide to love it no matter what. I still am challenged by it sometimes. But recognizing that it's because of my thinking and not my body empowers me immensely. The next belief that I have ditched is I don't have enough time. This is one that tends to come up for me with kids and schedules and all the things. But when I think it, it makes me feel scarce. It makes me feel terrible. And so I decide to think I always have the perfect amount of time. and thinking that makes me feel peaceful. The next belief that I have ditched is I can't figure this out. This kind of goes along with, I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know what to do. When we think something like, I can't figure this out, it completely blocks us from our own wisdom. Again, I think of my son when he's doing Legos and he's trying to figure out how to build something based on the instruction booklet that comes along with it. And he'll usually say, I can't do this, mom. And he gives up. He doesn't even try. But if you challenge your brain on something like this, again, it will go to work finding answers. What if I could figure it out? What if everything is totally figure-outable? What if nothing is unfigureoutable? <laughs> the next belief that I have ditched is, I want them to be happy. Whether that's with my kids or with the people that I love or whether it is just with people around me. This sounds like a very legitimate belief. I want them to be happy. But if you're familiar with what I do here, Happiness isn't the goal. Do you know how I want people to be now? However they are. Do you know what I want them to feel? Whatever they are feeling. Because as soon as we argue that away, when we're saying, they should be happy, I want them to be happy. The truth is, the reason that we want that is so that we can feel a certain way. Because if my kids are happy, then I can be happy, right? Wrong. The reason that we're happy is because of thoughts that we think. And the reason that a kid is sad is because of the thoughts that they are thinking. This is a beautiful thing. So instead of trying to force them to be happy when they want to be sad, we instead can want them to just be who they're being, to feel what they're feeling. The last belief that I have ditched is that worry is useful. This is one that has been deeply ingrained in my brain since a young child. And I have since seen the light that actually worry doesn't accomplish anything. Whenever there is something going on with anything in my life, my brain wants to go to worry. It wants to worry about it because it thinks it will accomplish something. It thinks it will be useful, but worry keeps us stuck and it prevents us from finding solutions. I remember I have a friend and I had thought I had said something that just wasn't very kind or that I had said it in the wrong way. I don't even remember what it was I had said, but I was so, so deeply concerned about it. I was so worried about this, that I had said something wrong to her. It kept me up at night where I was like, oh, I just, I'm so worried about this because I said something and I'm worried she's mad. Like I had this whole drama. So the next day I texted her and I was like, hey, I just wanted to check in. Did you feel anything about what I had said? I want to talk about it. And she was like, oh, what? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) She didn't even remember what I had said, let alone had been offended by it. But whether or not I had worried about it would not have accomplished anything. Obviously, in this case, it didn't do anything. There wasn't even a problem in the first place. But even if there was, me worrying about it just felt terrible. So what I have presented you with today is a series of simple beliefs that we operate by, thoughts that we have, that we think are true, that we think are legitimate. But until we can recognize that they are sentences that are optional, that we can decide on purpose, do I like this belief or do I not? We can change our lives in that way. I will put in a caveat here. There are so many beliefs that I have listed for you today that I didn't even realize that I had until I had a coach point them out to me, where it was mind blowing. I was like, what? I've been believing this and that's not true. It's just a thought. It's just a sentence. I love those light bulb moments because it's like everything changes in those moments because you have all of the authority over your brain. So if a belief is a thought that you keep on thinking, then creating new beliefs is simply picking a new thought and thinking on purpose enough until you believe it. So whatever you want to believe, you don't need anyone's permission. You get to believe that you will live through tomorrow, even though you might get hit by a bus. You get to love whoever you want. You get to think that you are fantastic no matter what anyone says. Did you know this? You can believe anything you want. And that is the best news. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful week. I will talk to you next week.